Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, I've actually never preached these verses before. I mean, I've never taught them in Sunday school. I've, I've never preached them at all. And I had a couple of messages ready for tonight, but Pastor Stone called me in enough time to where I sat down and I finished a, a message I had started. And, and so uh, bear with me as we go through this. It's what I really want to preach tonight. That's not as important as maybe it's what God wants for tonight. You know, as I listen to pastor be so sensitive about, you know, what God would want him to preach. To be honest, a lot of young preachers, they don't think about that. They're just looking for something to preach and to preach God's word. But uh, trying to but but in learning from him, learning to be sensitive to maybe what God's wanting and praying about that. So we're going to look at Ephesians three twenty and twenty one tonight. I read a story about a young man named Danny Simpson. At age 24, Danny robbed a bank in Canada at gunpoint. He got about $6,000 out of the robbery. True story. And um, soon after that, he he was caught. He was placed under arrest. Also, the gun was confiscated that he had used to make the robbery. That gun was a 1918 45 caliber semi-automatic Colt. That gun was worth $100,000. He robbed the bank for $6,000 at gunpoint with that gun, got caught and they took the gun. Danny's problem... Well, well, Danny obviously had a lot of problems, but Danny's specific problem here was that he didn't even know what he had possession of right there in his very own hand. If he had known it, I doubt he would have chosen to rob the bank. I doubt he would have chosen to be a thief because of what he had in his possession that would have given him much more than the bank robbery did. We Christians, we need to investigate God. We need to search God. We need to study God. We need to know Him more and more for the deepest revelation, for the deepest realization of what we already have in our God. What we possess in Him. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. Amen. We're going to find encouragement here tonight. We're going to find encouragement here for you and I to yield to God and to ask God and to trust God after we ask Him. Three chapters, God has used Paul 
in in exalting God, in exalting what the saints have in their God. And now we come to this anthem of praise where Paul's just cutting loose, if you will, giving praise to our God and all that we have in him. We can trust him for all the help that we could ever need. So let's begin with looking at possibility with God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above. We have a God that created heaven. He created earth. He created all of the other planets. He's the creator of the universe. And he could do it all over again if he chose to do it. With no problem at all. Our Lord turned water into wine. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. He walked on water. He stilled the the storm. And this same God of ours says He will supply all of our need. Can you believe that and who He is and, and what He's given you? He can go far beyond and above our need without any effort to supply it. He is an amazing source of supply for His children. There is no limit to what God is able to do for us, to what God is able to do with us and able to do in us. This should prevent you and I from fainting or ever quitting on God, this one verse alone right here. That should be all it should take. It promotes God's love to us, and this verse gives us the power to conquer any situation that we get into. Whether the situation ends, whether, whether you know, it's something that keeps sticking with us, nevertheless, there is success and there is victory given to us. There is a power to go through it. There is the power that we need found here by trusting in what God is able to do. We are able to be comforted by this very word of God alone here tonight. We are able to overcome bitterness simply because of what we find in this passage here tonight. It's it's a shame to see beautiful children become bitter adults. And since everything boils down to our relationship with God, it's, it would be a result of people not trusting in the Lord, not yielding themselves to Him and not asking Him. They don't consider what God can do and then trust Him to do it. God has purposed more for you and I than we could ever plan to have or ever plan to be. If you, you can answer this question if you want. If you needed a lot of water, if you needed as much water as you could possibly get and you went up to the edge of the ocean, would you take a cup? Would you take a bucket? Or would you take a barrel? A barrel. Of course, you would take a barrel. You would fill it up. 
You would get as much as you can with as much as you could take. Let us realize the sea of God's supply for us when we go to him in prayer. Don't take a cup with you to prayer. Take a barrel with you. Because possibility with God is unlimited. But as we, as we mention prayer, that takes us to our next point. We go from possibility with God to petition to God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. There's no such thing as asking God too much. There's no such thing as asking God for too much. Now, we may ask for the wrong thing. We may ask with the wrong motive. And by God's grace and mercy, he won't give it to us, we hope. But but when our hearts are right... And the request is righteous. You can never ask God for too much. And it will never cause his riches and glory to run out if he chooses to give. I've, I've taught a lot through the epistles God used Paul to write. And something we notice about Paul's life is that he was constant in prayer. He talked to God a lot in prayer. Paul was always in a spirit of prayer. Paul constantly talked to him. Paul was very bold in prayer. He asked for prayer for himself. He asked for grace and mercy upon every church. He was constantly in prayer. He asked a lot. He made a lot of requests. They were very heavy requests. And he was very justified in doing so by the supernatural ability and power that God has to supply when we ask of him. We can and we should be just as bold as Paul was in prayer. No, you don't need to be conservative with your prayer when you have a right heart and you're in the will of God and you're asking according to the will of God. Ask him, ask him, ask him continually, ask him a lot. James tells us that we have not because we ask not. And think about that when there's no limit to what God can do, and we have possibly failed to ask. There's no limit to what God can do, but there is limit to what we can receive if we're not yielded to Him and asking and trusting in Him. May we not limit ourselves from our unlimited God, if we if we are yielding and trusting, we will take bold, weighty, lofty requests to God. If we're living in his will, if we're getting close to him, if we are starting to realize as much as we possibly can, what we are in possession of with God as our father and him being almighty in ability, then we're going to ask great things of him. Do you know he's a great God? Ask great things of him. Paul did, and we should too. We can be sure 
that our prayer request will never surpass God's ability to provide. And if it's according to his will, we'll receive it. If it's according to his will. As we consider the wealth of God able to do for us, let us also consider the wisdom of God and that he knows best. See, if something doesn't come about the way that you or I wanted, it's when you and I know that God can do it. Then we know that he knew it was best not to. It's great to investigate God and to search the depths of what we have in possession with him. Let's make sure we trust his wisdom as well as his wealthy supply. Let's continue, though, and we're going to consider the power of God, not just the possibility of God and the petition of God, but the power of God as we continue on. It says, according to the power that worketh in us. God not only has plenty to give, he has the power to give it. We have been delivered from the dominion of the devil already. We have received new life. We have been exalted to sit together in heavenly places in Christ now already. You read that back in chapter 2. Surely God will continue to work in his children as he promised. Surely, surely he will. Please tell me, as we consider all that he's already done for us, as we can consider our own personal testimony with him and how he's delivered us and how he sustained us, please tell me that he's not going to fade, that he can continue to do what he's already done. Surely, as we move forward, we can continually bound and make progress toward completion. As the Bible says... We're going to get better and better. Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. I don't, I don't guess I'm very old yet, but I don't know. I'm getting to the age where I think about that verse a lot. And I'm encouraged by it. As we perish outwardly, hey, we're renewed inwardly day by day. He spiritually matures us continually we can continue to abound surely we can be confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of jesus christ surely that's a promise that we can still hope in surely all the grace and all the mercy that we've already experienced in our lives will flow just as abundantly or more abundantly than it has already in our lives. Consider that in our limitless God. Consider a God that is completely unaffected. What if the world is getting worse? If 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 politics world of politics is trying to move further and further away from God, no matter what's going on, surely we can trust in this promise still that it is not fading, that it's not losing its power. God's power has not faded. Because it doesn't. Someone wrote the words to the song of God's power by way of his blood. 
but it gets the point across in some lines of the song where it says it gives me strength from day to day, soothes my doubts and calms my fears, dries all my tears, reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. It will never lose its power. They will write in that by way of the blood. By way of the Holy Spirit, the power of God is working in us. I like that. In us, we just had Sunday school. Christ in you is the hope of glory. By the power that worketh in us, the power of God, the power of His Holy Spirit working in us. Go ahead and petition to God because the power of God is already in place in you. By the power that worketh in us, the Christian life is worked from the inside out. It does not come from the outside in. You must be saved first before you can receive anything from God. And then he works from the inside out. Go ahead and petition him. Petition him greatly. Petition him very many times because the power is already in the petitioner that God works through. We'll go on to verse 21 now. With praise to God. After after Paul has broke out in this anthem of, anthem of praise, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, considering what we've shared so far tonight, can we give praise to God? Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. Give God his credit due. Tell of all he has done. Tell of all he is doing. Tell of all he shall do. Tell of, of who he is. Of what he has. Of what he's given us. Of what is within you and I. We gather in the church for this central common reason. To give God glory and to give God praise and to give God honor. Any, any things that aren't going smooth and just right between people in the church is so much less than our number one reason for being here. And it just can't affect. It just can't affect things. When you have come for the central reason. That you and I have for being here. And that is to praise God. He's, he's worthy. He's worthy of praise. He, he deserves it. He's due honor when we come to his house. I don't care what, I don't care what else is going on. Nothing's as big as who God is. And what he has done for us. Come, come to God's house and give him praise. Gathering with God's church should be the center of our lives. And when we gather, Jesus is to be the center of that.
We're to meet in God's house and it's to be a house of worship and a house of praise to God. This is God's design. This is God's designated place for his people to gather together and to give him glory. It's it's what's always been done. That's what they did in the tabernacles. That's what they did in the temple. And today that's what we do in God's church when we gather. When everything is right and everything is in place. He's worthy of being yielded to. When we're yielded to him. And we're living in his will. And we see how great he is. We're going to ask great things. The problem is not going to be able to be the focus. When we realize all he's done. And all he's going to do. And we see right here what he's able to do. He's able to do more than you could ever possibly ask him for. Stack it up, make you a list, plan it, write it as long as you want for as many years as you want. You're not going to be able to come close to what he can do for you. Let us yield to him. Let us ask of him. Let us ask much of him. Let us ask greatly. And let us trust him no matter what. his will are you asking according to it if you're living in his will you're asking according to his will so trust him yes <laughs> oh but but it's been months trust him oh but you don't understand brother kenneth it's been two years trust him but but i just can't go any longer well he has divine timing and in all things, he's doing something good, all right? He's working it out. Amen. He's working us out. <laughs> Brother Kent, he's wearing me out. Well, he's working. It's good, though. It's going to be good. <laughs> Look who he is. You really can't deny it. I almost closed with that right there. Uh, as I was thinking about this and preparing this, but but one more thing: the perseverance of God. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. Man, the amazing things that have been written. And go home and read these three chapters. Of Ephesians tonight. As the Holy Spirit was guiding Paul. To write to Ephesus. To the church at Ephesus. And then there's. And then. And then there's us today. And the same thing. That was true for them then. Is true for us today. Because God is not fading. He's not fainting. He's never losing his power. And he wants. To do amazing things in you and I. And for you and I. 
Not only, not only Ephesus, not only us, but the next generation. Yes. Maybe I'll still be hanging on the next generation, but barely. But the generation after that. And the generation after that. We don't have to worry. We don't. Well, we shouldn't worry at all. That's a sin. But we shouldn't. We don't have to be overly concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm three fingers pointing to me if I got one pointing at you. But we do not have to be overly concerned about our kids and our grandkids. Because this same word is going to be for them, too. Jesus's people, his true church, his true churches are going to be in this world when Jesus comes back. There's going to be no fading of God's power. His ability is just going to be exceeding abundantly above. Just as it is right now. Just as it was then. Throughout all ages. The age, ages, the perseverance of God. Praise God for what he is able to do. What he has let us know. That he has the ability and power to do. And that we ask for it. Ask him. Go ahead. He can do, he can do far more than you ask. But, but you go ahead and ask. And you ask a lot. And you ask greatly. As I think about this. And look this isn't a selfish thing for us. This isn't feel good preaching. It's just what the word of God says. And, and, and as we look at what the word of God says, I don't believe I've nearly prayed bi as big as I ought to be praying. Yeah. I think I made you too small is what someone said of God one time. May we consider. All that we are in possession of as children of God. The power of God instead of the problem. And as you consider, consider that you can't consider all that God is. Let, let us investigate him. Let us study him. Let us search him. Let us come to this revelation and a realization of it. But it's it's going to be nowhere near all he can do. We're not going to know that till we get to heaven. We're going to go to the Lord in a word of prayer now. I'll tell you what. I, why don't we just sit here. If you want to close your eyes. Whatever you want to do. May we just. May we just consider his word tonight and who he is. And, and, then, and then in just a minute, Brother Tim Stone, would you close us in prayer?